6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Lori Williams is a political science professor at Mount Royal University. Lori, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jalen. It's great to be with you. Lori, we've been hearing rumblings, of course, about discontent uh, inside this party, inside caucus for quite a while now. This call for a leadership review came out on Friday. Um, You know, what are you hearing? What is it signaling? Is it just a one-off or is there more to it? Well, if, if this were the first time it came up, I think we could sort of take it with a grain of salt, but this is not the first time that uh, we've had a number of constituency associations actually in the process or actually passing such votes. So uh, that's the second sort of major news story about this in the last uh, what, four months or so. Mm. And and so it looks a little bit more serious than it did before. Having said that, though, I think uh, it's important for the people who want to force the leadership review to understand what the implications of it might be. Um, So we now have a situation where hopefully the policies that are in place are going to bring the the case count and ICU admissions down. Um, If if a leadership review happened, that th- those policies would obviously be under question again, and uh, and the and the divisions within caucus would not go away. I don't know that a leadership review is going to resolve the problems that are in existence right now because there are those deep, those deep divisions in caucus and cabinet. You know what, Laurie? We do know that the uh, the COVID uh, response is is one of the th- one of the issues driving the division within caucus right now. But um, you know, last winter this this board this constituency board actually was you know was thinking about as well and we've been told that there's been concerns about the premier's leadership Mm -hmm. um, a lack of consultation on the curriculum the education curriculum redesign the handling of the relationship between Alberta's doctors and nurses Um, you know I'm wondering how much that just um, is talking points and if it is more the COVID response it's difficult to know for sure, but remember there are other issues that have come up as well. The um, the coal mining policy, yes. the parks policy, and the thread that runs through all of this appears to be that, and particularly on some of these policies where um, local uh, MLAs are claiming that they were not consulted, they were simply informed once a decision was made. Um, so this whole grassroots guarantee that Jason Kenney made before being elected as premier is being called into question. So I think the lack of consultation is is a thread that runs through much of this dissatisfaction. Um, so, but of course, the the you know the precipitating crisis I think around us is, and it, you're right, it's it's the the restrictions that were announced um, last Wednesday and the fallout that has occurred since then. It's a, a bit puzzling just because we heard Dr. Hinshaw telling. Uh, Albertans that the case counts weren't just higher in in urban centers. Mm-hmm. The case counts were actually higher in a number of r- rural regions. But for whatever reason, that information is is either not making a difference or it isn't understood. Rob Smith, who is the uh, was the president of the Constitu- constituency association in Old Didsbury Three Hills, also specifically in interviews has brought up the uh, the the now infamous Sky Palace photo uh, during during COVID, uh, saying that. Um, 
uh, that it looked like entitlement, that there was one set of rules for a group of people, uh, another set for another. And, and Laurie, all we have to do is, is look back in, in recent memory to see what an appearance of entitlement did to other premiers in this province. Well, exactly. And th these were the accusations made against Alison Redford, mm -hmm. uh, entitlement and arrogance. They were, they actually, was, it was associated with the entire Progressive Conservative Party for a period of years and eventually led to the downfall in 2015, nearly led to their downfall in 2012. Um, so these have been long-standing concerns, and you know, it's it's this is a particular vulnerability for conservatives in Alberta that notion of entitlement and arrogance. And so on the entitlement um, part, that they're sort of entitled to make the decisions, but don't themselves have to follow them. And then the arrogance, thinking they know better and don't have to consult uh, with with ordinary Albertans, that doesn't sit well with a party that was uh, made a, a grassroots, not just promise, but guarantee. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got photographs of Jason Kenney standing in front of the sign, mm -hmm. promising that he would consult with with Albertans. So this this doesn't just span the um, you know the old Reform Party folks who who like the grassroots democracy idea. This is something that annoys uh, Albertans broadly, and we've got pretty thin skin, I think, around this kind of issue, simply because we've seen a series of governments behave in this way and get away with it. And I think the, the patience of a lot of Albertans has worn very thin on this point. I think another concern has to be among Conservatives has to be about, um, you know, just... And I'm going to say the party as a whole, but the fact that this party, you know, it, it breaks apart, you know, it, it, uh, it um, you know, breaks into different uh, wings almost. So, you know, you look at, uh, uh, in the Maverick party, you look at, uh, the, you know, the former Wild Rose, um, you know, they try to bring it all back together again, and then there's fractures again. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, what is it going to take to, to create... Um, a conservative party in this province that is going to be um, uh, less fractured. Well, this isn't a problem that's unique to Alberta. It's it's national and it uh, traces back probably earlier than Preston Manning and the Reform Party, True. but we certainly associate it there. Um, some have argued, uh, Charles Adler amongst them, that conservative parties have become ungovernable simply because of these divisions within them. Mm. Aaron O'Toole is struggling with this in the federal election today because he promised in order to get the leadership, he appealed to folks uh, who are social conservatives, uh, people on the right side of that party, and in order to win, he needed to appeal to a broader range of the electorate. And, and part of the problem is that the folks on the right, um, particularly social conservatives, but not exclusively some fiscal conservatives there as well, some of them are very uh, um, committed to principle. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about winning elections for them. It's about fidelity to principle. And and so when a move is made that doesn't fit with those principles, they're willing to be in another party rather than, than simply win elections. Jason Kenney basically appealed to them to say, let's unite so we can win an election. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be uh, enough for some of them or in some circumstances to, to, to remain within the party. And of course, because of their influence in the party, uh, a lot of other Albertans are feeling like a small... Um, minority in Alberta is calling the shots when the vast majority of, of uh, Albertans support <clears throat> um, vaccine passports, um, precautions in public like masking. Um, you know, the, the policy that we now have is one that, that 
could have been much more effective had it been introduced weeks earlier, but some are arguing that Jason Kenney couldn't have brought it in any earlier because he couldn't get support from within his caucus. Lori, off the top of your head, leadership reviews, um, I'm trying to remember, I've you've been through a few of them now in my 20 years in, in, in this province, but are there are there um, hard and fast guidelines for, for those? Well, the, the, in this case, the leadership review isn't dictated by tradition or or uh, by legislation. It's, it's dictated by bylaws of the ECP, and yeah. it says 22 uh, riding associations can force a leadership review. The timing of that leadership review can be sort of outlined, as we saw already in this in this first vote. Um, but I'm not sure exactly how clear they can be in terms of forcing leadership review. As you know, it was in response to agitation like this that Jason Kenney said, okay, we will have a leadership yeah. review and we'll have it in uh, the fall of 2022, mm-hmm. less than six months before the next election, which basically would make it impossible for people who wanted to win the next, the next election to actually vote to review uh, or, or to vote against Jason Kenney as, as leader. And increasingly, we're hearing from people who um, who are wondering if Jason Kenney thinks that is it, this is his party, adding to this question or, or issue of arrogance, that this is his party and, um, and that, you know, if the party goes down, uh, or he goes down, rather, he's willing to take the party down mm-hmm. with him. Mm. Uh, it's going to be fascinating over the next few weeks, without a doubt. It continues to be. Let's put it that way, Laurie, keeping everyone busy, uh, without yeah. a doubt. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.